Welcome to the Intelligencer podcast, the audio version of the Intelligencer newsletter, produced by Skylance and Xenolabs. Join us as we explore the latest news at the fringes of emerging tech, global economies, technology policy, and their impact on executive strategy. In today's episode, we'll cover the Biden administration's efforts to close a loophole, allowing Chinese companies access to American AI chips, Chinese interest in the Landbridge project in Thailand, the Thai government's decision to proceed with a $15 billion digital money handout plan, Prime Minister Sretha Thavisin's push for electric vehicles in Thailand, China's export curbs and their impact on semiconductors, Canada's challenges in becoming a critical minerals mining superpower, and the battle between the US and China on a global standard for 6G. The Biden administration is reportedly considering closing a loophole that currently allows Chinese companies to access American AI chips through overseas units. The United States implemented restrictions last year to prevent the shipment of AI chips and chip-making tools to China in order to hinder its military advancements. For now, this initial round of restrictions did not apply to overseas subsidiaries of Chinese companies, enabling these semiconductors to potentially be smuggled into China or accessed remotely by China-based users. Efforts are now underway to address this loophole, which highlights the challenges faced by the Biden administration in disconnecting China from advanced AI technology. The goal is to strengthen export controls and limit China's access to top AI capabilities. The use of chips in data centers abroad by Chinese firms has been acknowledged, with Greg Allen of the Center for Strategic and International Studies mentioning Singapore as a significant hub for cloud computing. Closing this loophole poses difficulties for the US, as it is illegal to ship AI chips to mainland China. Yet monitoring transactions and preventing remote access by China-based employees proves challenging. It remains uncertain how extensive this problem is in practice. Reports have indicated that China heavily relies on American chips for its AI capabilities, particularly those designed by American companies such as NVIDIA, C-Lynx, Intel and Microsemi. The U. S government is still challenged by other loopholes related to the circulation of AI chips to China. For instance, Nvidia and AMD were instructed in August to restrict the shipment of AI chips to regions beyond China. The upcoming rules on AI chips are expected to extend these restrictions more broadly to all companies in the market. A lot has happened since the new Thailand prime minister took office. To explore some of the new policies being implemented to boost Thailand's image as an attractive investment destination, let's delve deeper. Here's Grace Jasmine for more. The Federation of Thai Industries has announced that up to 300 foreign investors from major companies will finally have the opportunity to obtain direct information on the economic policies of the new Thavisin government. After months of delay, the investors have been invited to a forum hosted by the FTI in Bangkok on November 1st. The upcoming forum organized by the FTI will primarily focus on investors from major corporations with annual revenues exceeding 10 billion baht. Participants from countries including China, Taiwan, Japan, and the U.S. are expected to attend. The FTI is actively working on organizing the meeting and aims to support Thailand in promoting investment opportunities. Apachit Prasoprat, the vice chairman of the FTI, stated that the investors are seeking briefings on the government's investment policies as well as information about the Pu Thai Party and its coalition allies. This information is crucial for the investors as they develop or revise their investment plans and business strategies. Since the establishment of the new government in August, foreign investors have had limited opportunities to engage with authorities or participate in forums to raise concerns 
or discuss investment matters. During a recent parliamentary session, the Prime Minister emphasized key issues such as energy price reduction and raising the daily minimum wage. He emphasized the government's commitment to supporting both the electric vehicle industry and businesses linked to internal combustion engines in order to strengthen the country's automotive sector. China Harbor Engineering Co., Czech, China's largest infrastructure developer, has expressed its interest in a proposed land bridge project that will connect the Gulf of Thailand and the Andaman Sea with a budget of 1 trillion baht. The interest was conveyed by Czech's chairman Wang Tongzhou during a meeting with Prime Minister Sretha Tavisin in Beijing. The Thai Prime Minister welcomed the interest and suggested that Czech discuss promotional privileges with the Board of Investment. Czech has been operating in Thailand since 1994 through its local subsidiary, Czech Thai Company. The company specializes in dredging and reclamation work, as well as road and bridge construction, railway tracks, airports, and other infrastructure-related projects. Land bridge projects in southern Thailand have been proposed multiple times in the past, but none have materialized due to opposition from local communities concerned about environmental impacts. However, the planned project in Chumpon and Ranong, proposed by the previous government, aims to be completed by 2039. It will involve the construction of deep-sea ports in Chumpon and Ranong, an intercity motorway, oil pipelines, and double-track railways. To attract investors, the government plans to conduct roadshows from November to January. Land expropriation is anticipated to occur between January 2025 and December 2026. Investment proposals from international bidders will be accepted from April to June 2025, with bidding winners announced in August of the same year. Construction is expected to commence in September 2025. The Thai Prime Minister still remains determined to implement a $15 billion digital money handout plan aimed at stimulating the economy, despite concerns raised by economists and businesses regarding its cost. While acknowledging the reservations expressed by economists, he emphasized the importance of also listening to the millions of people who strongly desire the digital money, particularly the voice of the impoverished segment of the population. Some economists have highlighted the potential drawbacks and fiscal implications of the digital money handout. Concerns revolve around the scheme's economic viability, potential violation of financial regulations, and the risk of increasing public debt. Despite the challenges, the new government is determined to launch the program by early 2024. And the last piece of Thailand news for this episode— Prime Minister Shretha Thavisin has issued a directive to state agencies to purchase electric vehicles and construct more charging stations nationwide. This is part of a broader campaign to promote the adoption of green transportation methods to reduce carbon emissions and position the country as an EV production hub. The adoption of EVs in Thailand has gained significant momentum this year. According to a recent report by BMI, an affiliate of Fitch Solutions, EV penetration is projected to reach 8.7% of all vehicles this year, compared to 3.8% in 2022. Government organizations have been instructed to replace decommissioned vehicles with EVs and also procure EVs for new missions and newly appointed personnel. The transport and finance ministries will create measures that will electrify all public transport vehicles, including buses, taxis, and tuk-tuks. The energy and transport ministries will also support the nationwide installation of sufficient charging infrastructure. The public will be encouraged to replace internal combustion vehicles with EVs. This will involve a comprehensive review of regulations, 
boosting the marketing around EVs, and incentives like EV repair garages and premium rates for EV insurance. In an interesting development, the Prime Minister himself has been observed utilizing his wife's Tesla Model Y to attend meetings in Bangkok. This move is expected to facilitate negotiations with the American EV manufacturer regarding potential investments in Thailand. And back to more news on the world stage. China's recent move to curb exports of germanium and gallium, both crucial materials for semiconductor manufacturing, has resulted in a significant drop in overseas shipments. This action serves as a warning that China possesses a powerful weapon in the escalating trade war over the future of technology. The restrictions on exports were imposed after the United States, Europe and Japan limited the sale of chips and chip-making equipment to China in an effort to cut off its access to key military technology. While China currently enjoys a near monopoly on the production of these elements, alternative suppliers do exist. Russia, Japan, Korea, Canada and Belgium are among the countries that produce gallium and germanium. However, it would take time and investment to develop an independent supply chain outside of China. Construction of processing facilities for gallium and germanium could require a staggering investment of over $20 billion and may take years to complete. Additionally, these elements play a critical role in the supply chains of the global semiconductor, defense, electrical vehicle and communications industries, making them invaluable. The dominance of China in the production of gallium and germanium can be attributed to its ability to keep production costs low. However, as global mining and refining companies signal their intent to enter the market, China's dominance may be challenged, leading to increased competition and price adjustments. Critical minerals are essential for powering the modern world, particularly in renewable energy and electric vehicles. The shift to a clean energy system is projected to create a significant surge in demand for these minerals. According to the World Bank, the global production capacity of key minerals must increase by 500% by 2050 to meet the demands of the clean energy transition. Canada has taken steps to promote its critical minerals sector, including releasing a strategy and providing $1.5 billion in funding to companies in the critical minerals supply chain. Key challenges still remain before Canada can emerge as a true frontrunner. First, competition is fierce, as countries worldwide strive to secure critical mineral supplies and build battery supply chains. The proximity of production and processing to home countries is seen as crucial for mineral security. Canada's policies on foreign direct investment pose a threat to mining companies in the country, while benefiting other nations, such as Australia. Second, protectionist measures and reduced potential capital pose challenges for Canadian mining companies dealing in critical minerals, not to mention the environmental impacts from mining, processing and transportation also need to be addressed as the industry transitions to cleaner methods. Finally, the geopolitical implications. Canada needs to establish deals with more reliable trading partners than China, which currently leads in efficiency and production capabilities. Additionally, the participation of indigenous communities in mining projects will be crucial, as many critical minerals are found on indigenous lands, so striking a balance between economic benefits with indigenous values is vital for success. In conclusion, it's a tall order. There are a lot of changes required for Canada to become a critical minerals mining powerhouse. Global mobile technology standards may soon be a thing of the past. Concerns arising that the next mobile internet standard, 6G, will not be globally applicable. The globally adopted 5G standard allowed Chinese companies Huawei and ZTE to solidify their position in the global market before major cybersecurity concerns arose. The US has banned its high-tech firms from exporting 5G technology to Huawei, and the restrictions have now been broadened 
to include most other technologies as well. As the proposed deadline for 6G approaches, pressure mounts on Europe to clarify its position. If a joint standard for 6G is not reached, it could lead to internet decoupling, further fragmenting global markets for digital hardware. National security concerns have grown as the mobile internet becomes more prevalent and the rivalry between China and the US intensifies. The lack of joint standards may result in consumers needing different devices for different parts of the world, causing increased costs and inconvenience. While complete fragmentation of the 6G standard is unlikely, it is possible that two blocks will form, one led by the US and another by China. China's preference is for a global standard that allows its firms to compete worldwide. The US also recognizes the benefits of a global standard, as seen in its decision to allow its companies to join meetings on 5G standards, despite Huawei's presence. However, politics has become increasingly central to the standard-setting process, turning it into a battleground in the US-China tech war. Where does this place Europe? Europe must develop a consistent strategy that aligns with its internet governance principles and interests. This includes prioritizing privacy, user empowerment, and supply chain security. Diversifying away from Chinese equipment in critical infrastructure is also crucial for de-risking and ensuring Europe's interests are protected. And that's all the news for today. In today's episode, we discussed a wide range of topics, including efforts to limit China's access to top AI technology, economic developments in Thailand, China's export curbs on semiconductors, Canada's challenges in becoming a critical minerals mining superpower, and the battle between the US and China on the global standard for 6G. Thanks again for tuning into the Intelligencer podcast. See you next time.